would say that. And then he always kind of leans over on that one cheek and goes. <laughs> no, I was going to say, and then he would say, don't go in that neighborhood. That's a bad neighborhood. Just typical father stuff. <laughs> you know what you do, son? You look at the cars in the parking lot. You see a bunch of junky cars. You know you don't want to rent that apartment. <laughs> You know what? You know what my go-to Brad was gonna be? Don't order a drink at a restaurant. That's because how... <laughs> that's how they get you. And that's don't how... fill up on the bread. That those drinks cost them ten cents. They're charging you two fifty. You know, don't order a drink at a restaurant. You, you <laughs> want a drink? Go home. I'll make you a drink. <laughs> bring a soda bring, in your pocket. Bring, bring one. <laughs> you know that's why the, that that's why I gave you that. Uh, oh Christ! I started the joke and I can't think of the word. What's that little metal thing that you put the alcohol in? You keep it in your breast a pocket. Flask, a flask. A flask. Flask. That's why I gave you that flask for Christmas. <laughs> it still worked on me though. <laughs> don't that's worry. Why I love you guys. Don't, don't worry about the waiters seeing you and getting mad. <laughs> they know what they did. Uh. <laughs> They were gonna spit in your food anyway. Let's yeah. <laughs> why are why why am I taking my kids here? <laughs> I hate this place. <laughs> but you know what? It's the only sizzler nearby. So, and it's 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 your mother and I my anniversary. So went out of business, and it's the only sizzler in the zip code. <laughs> All right, webcomics weekly. Bam. Not really. You know what's amazing Miserable. is it has it doesn't. <laughs> I have a terrible sense of time. It has seven days already passed since we did the last one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is just. I have no sense of time anymore. It's kind of like uh, comic book time. You know, the, the, those seven days were stretched out over a number of issues, but but here we are. That's right. I never I never know how they keep track of any of that. There is some anal retentive editor somewhere that's like, no, no, this was this was when uh, Tony Stark walked into the restaurant. This was exactly four days ago. <laughs> you could tell because his hip flask was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's got yeah, a little there's, level there's on always, it. There's always two bulges in Tony's pockets, and you can tell what he's been doing by <laughs> by judging the size of them. The hip flask went heavy, and the other bulge I shed divulge. <laughs> <laughs> that rhyme, it's pretty good. I worked that in there. Um, no, but there's some guy. Don't, doesn't Marvel and DC keep a big uh, in-house uh, character encyclopedia? Didn't didn't well, he? You know what? That, he was on the. Deadpool. That's probably true, but they can't possibly do that because anytime there is a uh, like a wide shot of the skyline, wouldn't there be like eighty things happening in the background? Like, yes, like always... Spider Man is in the foreground talking to us and thinking, and then a bunch of stuff is happening back there. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Like I, I, I always had that idea. Like it, when I was a kid, that if I ever ended up being a a, a cartoonist for Marvel Comics, I would. It would be such a great thing to have one of those, you know, st speeches between Peter Parker and Mary Jane in the background. Have the Fantastic Four battling Doctor Doom and just never explain it. Just have it happen, and then you know, it, it's just a, <laughs> yeah. Because what's today? Like, yeah, just ha it, it, it's such an everyday occurrence. Yeah. But God, living living in a Marvel or DC universe, like being in New York would be a catastrophe every day, just in the background. Like you're on your way to your work, you're like, oh, God, I got to get that report done by 11 today. In the background, like Doctor Doom, huge devastating device, you know, the, yeah. human, the human torch firing on all pistons. And you're like, oh, God, this shit again. I'm just trying to get my train. 
But if you're a construction oh, worker, you've got you've got the best case scenario because you're constantly rebuilding streets and buildings, and you've got work coming out the yin yang. Yeah, it literally is like uh, the doozers on Fraggle Rock. They're just constantly happily building. Like, <laughs> oh look, <laughs> they've, they've destroyed it again. Here we go. Ooh, the doozers do the work. Doo -doo -doo -doo. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the doozers? Huh, obscure reference of the day. Obscure <laughs> reference of the day. <laughs> we we went from from hip flask to Fraggle Rock <laughs> characters. We've literally gone from the boozers to the doozers. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> hey, Black Comics Weekly, Black Comics. <laughs> That was actually nicely done. Yeah, I, I, so I agree. Webcomics Weekly, Brad Geiger and his two friends <laughs> that are interchangeable. And his, his two assistants who virtually serve no purpose yeah. other than to, <laughs> to, to set him up so he can knock him down. That's right. That's right. Here you go, Mr. Geiger. Here's another setup. <laughs> Thank you, son. We'll use that on Tuesday. I see us in uh, uh, newsy caps. And we... <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're wearing a lot of wool plaid. Hey, Mr. Geiger, Mr. Geiger. All right, here's a joke. Got another joke for you. Thanks. And then retreat backwards away from him. Yeah. Come on now, son. No more jokes about Pollocks. You know Mr. Geiger's policy. <laughs> I mean, it's very funny that he's in a thousand-yard race. He gets tired after 99, so he turns around and runs back. But still. <laughs> oh, God, you had one ready. He had you one. had one ready. Brad Geiger. <laughs> that Mr. Geiger. That Mr. Geiger. He's got a million of them. He's wrecked with all the jokes. I like Mr. Geiger because he's so strong. <laughs> I, I like Mr. Geiger because he gives me insights what my brain don't give me myself. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> so my kids were watching the uh, the fake Stan Lee from Comic-Con this morning. Oh, uh, yeah. While we were waiting uh, to go to school. And we get done watching and Alex goes... Uh, Stan Lee knows you, right? <laughs> and I said, I don't know that he could pick me out of a lineup. And and Alex goes, no, but, but you met him in Pittsburgh. And I said, well, I shook his hand, but he, he met a hundred people that day. You know, I, I don't know that he knows me. And uh, my five-year-old Max goes, but the fake Stan Lee knows you, and that's something. <laughs> <laughs> you always got that in your pocket. You make and a I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'll take it. I'll. I, in some ways, uh, I think that's just as good. <laughs> you, you're making progress, Dad. You know what's funny? That's such schoolyard uh, uh, um, sense of worth too. It's like I may not own the bike, but Billy owns that cool bike, and I know Billy. So. <laughs> right, right. And I can ride that bike whenever Billy lets me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So any, I'm second fiddle to that bike, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm moving up. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh, there. That's it. Is everybody uh, uh, recovered from Comic-Con now? You kind of catch your breath, had a nice uh, rest of the summer? I have, yeah. It's been good for me. I think uh, I needed Chris, it. Chris has been flying near constantly. Yeah. I, I needed the rest, but I'm not going to get it. In fact, I was the joke I was going to make earlier to launch the podcast is Welcome to Webcomics Weekly, the show where I hope they don't start leaf blowing. And, <laughs> and I hear it coming <laughs> right now. He didn't take he didn't take any breaks. He, that guy's been at it every morning. <laughs> but no, I actually I was talking to uh uh Scott about it and how different San Diego is now, especially now that 
um, we become a lot more aware of the very meme-centric pop culture stuff. And I'm not going to say that San Diego was never about pop culture. It absolutely was. But it just felt like there was so much less time to connect with that audience. Yeah? Yeah, and, and, and if you didn't have something that had Batman immediately on it, then there was a lot less, oh, I don't want this. What is this? I, I see what you're saying. It, it, it very much so in that it, it, you didn't have a whole lot of people looking for uh, a new favorite. They were looking for their old established favorites. They weren't, they weren't necessarily looking for something new to read. They were looking for all the stuff that, could, that they could assemble and, and buy and, and experience uh, that reinforced stuff that they had already knew that they already liked. Yeah, and I think they also, I mean, a lot of people came in with no concept of who you are or your relation to the industry. So you'd get asked to, like, can you draw Green Lantern? And and it's like, well, all right, but that's not what I do. I mean, I can. I think I can. You may not it's, like it. <laughs> it's tough to sell in an, an atmosphere like that. I mean, I, 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 and I had this experience a few weeks later a few months later i was at baltimore uh exhibiting next to scott and i had say if i compare of course there's a lot of expense in san diego too but profit wise baltimore was head and shoulders above what i did in san diego but baltimore is a very different crowd of people yeah Yeah. very comic book comic convention and i was busy from the time my butt hit the seat until the, the the time the security guards were shuffling them out the door Shuffle your butt out the door. Is that what happened? <laughs> were, you, were you escorted from the building, Brad? <laughs> they were shuffling butts. Did something go wrong that you need to tell us, Brad? <laughs> no, it is funny how uh, if you really start to get down to brass tacks with your numbers on shows, how a smaller show that you're like, well, that didn't really add up to much. And then you compare it to the big show where you spent a lot to make a lot. You're like, this ended up being the same amount. How? Which one is better for me? I'm not sure. You know, There's a, there's a couple shows like that. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I think I – think... I mean, doing packs is so great, so amazing. The expense is relatively low. But, I mean, San Diego, for me, this year was like a break-even year because it was so expensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's for me. Uh, I did New York Comic Con once, and I have not gone back just because I would love to do that show. And Brad was really kind and invited me out to do it this year, and I was really thinking about it. But the cost for a West Coaster to get to New York – to to pay off the five uh, 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 trade uh, uh, trade union guys that you have to lift your half pound box to your, <laughs> your booth, and uh, you know to get the cabbie to uh, to take you by an honest route, like no, all that stuff like adds up in New York, and and um, I don't know. Just Although I will say this, I love uh, how and, I made like New York sound like Chicago 1930s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pay off Capone. I hit I hit in a barrel. That's not what you want. <laughs> 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 say this about Reed. I think they're trying to address that logistics issue. Uh, I know they've got a number of different programs uh, in 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 place for you know for for handling exactly what you were talking about. You know, you, you're one of those exhibitors. You're not you know bringing stuff in in crates and pallets. You know, and, and they've got some programs in mind or you know in place to to help you out now having said that i haven't read all the way through and i don't know all the hoops you got to jump through to do them but i do know that they're i i think they're trying to address that because i think they've gotten that 
uh, uh, response from a lot of exhibitors that the logistics in New York is just very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so it's the show. Like, So I, I get it with San Diego because for Brad to come to San Diego must be akin to what it's like for me to possibly go to New York. It's just like right. everything costs 200 bucks, no matter what you want to do, you know? Yeah, and the show is eight days long. <laughs> <laughs> and San Diego's tough too because the entire city gets in involved. I mean, I, I we sent we we got together for breakfast that one morning and it was like twenty dollars for ham and eggs and a cup of coffee. And I'm like, oh my god, is that when we went to the sci-fi themed? Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> did you go to that breakfast, Chris? I no, I didn't. I've been to that place before though. So for those people that don't go, we should talk about this just for a second because it always amazes me. Is that? Uh, Sci-Fi, the channel, or Siffy as it's now called, short for syphilis, um, <laughs> the Siffy channel uh, rents out for like five, probably six days, a restaurant in San Diego and rebrands the whole thing as Sci-Fi channel or Sci-Fi shows. And so like you can't just order a freaking pancake. You have to order the uh, <laughs> the Alpha's secret mission pancakes package. Right. And you're like, what am I ordering? So we were we were busting everybody's balls as we were ordering this stuff because it's like, what is, what, A, what are these sci-fi shows? It's the ones nobody knows. You know, it's like, just imagine the bad made for sci-fi TV movies. It's like, all right, I'm going to take land shark uh, scrambled eggs. I'm going to have. We get a warehouse 13 oatmeal. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to love some sharktopus, uh, uh, sharktopus oatmeal. Now, is there is there shark on the menu? Is this shark? Oh, it's just the name of the show. Okay, that's too okay. bad. Yeah, all right. Well, and, and could I have the special Eureka or orange juice? I know that's uh, that that's a, a cut above the stuff you usually have here. <laughs> I like the idea that, and there's a show on the Sci-Fi Channel called Scrumptious Breakfast. But but but, it to work backwards. but but here on the menu it's called it's the scrumptious breakfast tuna sandwich. Uh, it's only served at lunch. <laughs> um, there, and there's one that's just like um, boiled egg drop soup mixed with uh, mixed with ice cream and two day old French fries. And it's just, and you know on the menu it's like much like the show Stargate. This is a breakfast that never really works. Uh, so. <laughs> So don't order it. It never really came together. It never really. It sounds maybe that it could work, but you'll watch it, and it's really kind of terrible. So just just like Stargate, that's what this breakfast is. You know how some things sound as if they would taste good, and and they just don't. Uh, this one isn't even that. <laughs> Much, like Star- <laughs> Much like Stargate. Uh. But you know what? Everything is represented here on the menu at uh, whatever the hell this cafe is called. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! So anyway, so that's where we had breakfast, and and uh, we were annoying as shit trying to order our breakfast that morning. Um, anyway, so no, 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 I thought you were gonna go here. What? So we, we're we're going through the whole thing, and we're like, and 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 and, and then the waitress would come up, and we'd kind of you know quiet down and snicker snicker, and then she'd leave, and we'd go right back into it. Comes up, gives us the 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 bill, and she said, "Hey, thanks a lot for coming out for breakfast today, guys. And remember, imagine the possibilities." No, she and, said she imagined greater the sci-fi. The oh sci-fi. yeah, yeah. Oh god. And, and and I we, remember I called and, her on it. I was like, it, what? You turned go away, and we're like, no, 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 no. Come back here now. We've got to know. Are you told to do that? Did you do that of your? We went into a whole question and answer series with this poor waitress because we had to know was she getting extra money for saying this stuff? Is she doing it because she's a team player? What's the deal? Yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah, and we're like, all right. So what was the script you were handed? What were the five phrases that you were asked? 
asked to to do. And she's like, I was asked to say, imagine greater. I was asked to say, your eggs are taking you to new heights or something. (laughs) Five ridiculous phrases. And we were like, what is this? So we ended up giving her a better tip because we felt so sorry for her. I was going to say, no, you screw her on that. And you say, I'd like to ask you to imagine greater. Tip for you. (laughs) Because this is all I got. I got fifteen percent. Imagine twenty. How does that kill me, God? So I'm going to leave you a U.S. penny. Imagine greater. Imagine greater. See you later. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Had a great breakfast. Goodbye. Imagine greater. See you later. (laughs) That's wonderful. I would like though if they if they pass you the ham and eggs and it's just the most meager portions and they're like imagine greater. Uh, there's something about that kind of advertising that just kills me. It's just so absurd. Yeah. The, well, it's, so, it's, so, it's so chewy when you see it coming out of someone who could care less, too. You know, when the delivery is like, uh, you know, we're, you so ha- we're so happy you're here at Stargate Atlantis's, you know, Western Empire uh, <laughs> Alpha's diner. You know, yeah. and you're like, what? what I, is I'm, I'm excited to be here. Look out. You might see a <laughs> Cylon. Ooh. I'm scared. Anyway, I'll be back with your drinks. No, but not even that, Chris. They pronounced it wrong. They were handed the script. Oh, I see. I see a Kylon. Oh, they're coming to get me over Battlestar Galacticus. Oh God! Imagine the. Uh, imagine if the like uh, and the the uh, Battlestar Galactica burrito uh, comes with cilantro. Like it drills down into every ingredient, so you can't even tell what this thing is anymore. I have to congratulate you on converting cilantro to cilantro. <laughs> Beautiful. That was very nicely done. Have you seen? Um, this is totally unrelated now, but in along the vein of that type of advertising that's supposed to be so sly, but it's really horribly overdone. There's these series of of Kindle commercials, and it's got the guy and the girl. Have you seen those? No. And no. it's always a guy has got his Kindle, and the girl is like, she's got her satchel full of books. And she's like, I brought my, I brought my big purse today. Uh, and I, I, did you know it can carry eight books and three magazines? And the guy's like, my Kindle can carry ten thousand books and thirty thousand magazines, and it's small and it fits right in my pocket. And uh, she goes, well, then if I had a Kindle, I wouldn't get to carry my nice bag. And then she is swayed by the, the wonderful nature of the Kindle. And she says, let me see that. And she, and then that's the joke, I guess, is that she's like, she's given up on her old ways and she's come around to the Kindle. But before they go to the, like the logo or where to buy it or whatever, she always has to throw in this. She grabs the Kindle and she goes, wow, the screen looks great. And the guy goes, I know it really is good. And they go to like, it's such a, like, we have to mention the screen. It has to be present in the commercial. Even if the commercial did not mention it to this point, she has to be amazed by the screen. You could almost imagine, like, they've broken down the set, right? Like, everyone's gone home for the day, and the marketing team is reviewing, uh, you know, that day's reel. And they're like, oh, no, no, we've got to go back and measure the screen. Uh, reset the set. We've got to do this over again. You know? Yeah. They, it, like, so they're it, back again on Thursday just to shoot 10 seconds of dialogue. Did nobody get my note about the screen? I sent a note about the screen. <laughs> it's like they, wow was enough. And she's got to go back and say, great buttons. 
<laughs> there's like there's like a button concern that is, they've got it yeah. in the contract. She's got to mention the button. Got to address the USB issue. So make sure she says, "Oh, it, and it can plug into a USB." Wow. <laughs> USB beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, First don't get... cilantro, now USB beautiful. It's not. You're making me incredibly jealous. <laughs> Come on, Brad. It's the easiest in the world. Those yeah, are all. You're, you're making you're making guy gorgeous. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's the best I could do. Guy no, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not jealous anymore. <laughs> but what do you guys want to talk about today? We we we've uh, we've circled around a couple transitions. I'm actually, I'm actually out of time, so no. Uh, I'm just kidding. Well, you know, well, there was one topic that uh, that came out at dinner the other night, actually, Brad, and I wanted to float it by you, and that is. What do you do when new projects not only sap your time from old existing established projects, but uh, tap your energy for the old established existing project? Nay, your love. Nay, your, yeah, <laughs> better yet, nay, your love for, yeah. for older established projects. Well, it, it, are you saying that you guys are experiencing this? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Chris has talked about this to great length, but for the first time this is happening – I don't want to say first time. It's not like it's ever happened in my life, but uh, it's happening in a significant way with me, with uh, with Sheldon for the first time. Wow! And I don't know what to do about it. Which I think is a super interesting topic, especially because you are like I feel like that aspect of your work, Dave, doesn't really come out. Like you don't discuss it as as openly. So the idea that you would be kind of like. Not souring on Sheldon, and certainly not ready to stop it, but just that the idea that it is cyclic, and you're like, mm, like drive right now, kind of bored with Sheldon at the moment. Yeah, and as yeah, so and so to give you the bigger picture, Brad, of what we were talking about. So for me, the two newer projects that are like firing up my passions are are Drive, the sci-fi thing that I'm doing, and Strip, the the documentary that I'm making with Fred on comics. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like any time I have a free moment, I find like I was telling Chris the other night. I got home from some something, some event, and it was like 11.30 at night, and I had to do a Sheldon for the next day and uh, didn't necessarily have to, do, have to do anything on Stripped, right? Nothing needed to be done, no deadlines. But I stayed up till 3 working on Stripped, and then we looked at the <laughs> clock and said, oh, God, I have to do a Sheldon. So at 3 in the morning, I end up doing the Sheldon. And, uh, I mean, that tells me a lot psychologically about where I am, is that, that this thing was on deadline, had to be done, and yet I – Worked for four hours on Stripped before I uh, I worked on Sheldon. Uh, that does happen to me, uh, it, it, and it, it's a, it, it's tough. You grapple with it because uh, you, the new challenges are always the more fascinating ones. And my problem is is that I've got you know the daily comic strip, and and I, I know that's got to get done, and and I kind of build that into the core part of my life. But the way that what you guys are discussing affects me is that I've got about five different side projects that I desperately want to work on. And if I could focus on any one of them, I could probably get them done by the end of the year. But what Mm -hmm. happens is I I get rolling on one and then I get sidetracked by, and, and what happens is I get sidetracked by the fascination of solving a problem involved in one of them. And the one that I'm concentrating on most is the one that has the most interesting challenge. And I'll, I'll obsess on solving that problem. Meanwhile, the other one that I maybe should be working on, it just sits there gathering dust. Mm. I, I don't ever have a whole lot of problem keeping up with Evil Inc. 
Uh, although I do experience, you know, what you guys are talking about. You know, sometimes you wane, sometimes you you're really super excited about what you're doing, and sometimes it's like you know you you feel like you're treading water. Uh, but in terms of my side projects, I get I, if I could focus on just one of them, I think I could get them done. I don't think I'm getting any of them done uh, because I keep switching horses. Yeah. You know what? Something you said actually earlier that really intrigued me is actually and, – and this might go back to what we were talking about the other night, Chris, is maybe it's not that the love has waned. Maybe it's just – and Brad was saying that the, the problem, the new problem is more interesting. Like you've had this existing problem, quote unquote, of creating this title, whether it be Starslip, whether it be Greystone Inn, whether it be Sheldon mm-hmm. for me. So that's been a longstanding problem. But in a way, you know how to solve that problem. So maybe it's just that the, the the it's not waning love for the old project. It's just that there's a new spark of a new problem. Well, here's here's my question. That's an interesting to you, Dave. thought. I hadn't put. Mm. I, that's just a different way to construct that idea. When you were up to uh, when you were up until three or four o'clock in the morning working on stripped, uh, and you realized you had to get the Sheldon comic out. Did you get the Sheldon comic out? Oh yeah, yeah. I, and and I will I will posit to you. That subconsciously you allowed yourself to work on stripped and have that enjoyment of those new challenges because deep down you knew that you could put Sheldon out. Well, and I will be honest with you that it's not even a subconscious thing. I very often consciously choose to do Sheldon last in my day because I know that if I put it last, I have to get that out. So mm-hmm. regardless of whether time for other tasks or to-do lists have to expand or contract – I will do Sheldon at 2 in the morning, whereas I may not do something else on my to-do list at 2 in the morning. You know? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I always kind of put Sheldon last because it forces me to do more during the day. So, yeah, you're right about that. You're definitely right about that. And maybe this was just an extension of that. It's just – you know what it is? I, I was telling Chris the other day. It's just that the, for the first time – because I've always sort of said, oh, I'll do Sheldon the rest of my life. For the first time, I was like, well, maybe I won't, question mark. You know, like I, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> if anything, it's just the first inkling that it, it is a possibility that I might at some point in my life go, well, that was a good run that X amount of time. I enjoyed that. Maybe it's on the new stuff, you know. I think that that stuff is – I think that our careers will be built more around that, like doing something for six, seven, eight years, 10 years, 12 years, and then doing another thing. I think that's a lot more common. And why wouldn't it be with this with this model? Where, in this economy. Yeah, this, <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. Why wouldn't it be? We could all use a little extra money. Uh, no, the, just that there's no, there's no editor that's like, oh, you got to give us more peanuts. You got it's forty years, but people, you gotta have it. You know, no, you can, you can adapt, and it, and also because um, being a cartoonist online, people connect with you maybe as much as they do with your work. So if you stop Sheldon and you start doing something else, people will follow you there because they like you, not just because oh, no Sheldon, I'm I'm mad. I'll read something else. I'll leave. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, and and I think that's something that like Dave and I struggle with, and I don't, I, I can't. Well, no, I know it. You, you don't struggle with it so much, Chris, because you've already launched a lot of projects. You're known for a number of things, but I think Dave and I, because we grew up kind of mentally thinking about ourselves as syndicated cartoonists, and we have that whole mindset. It's harder, I think, and and tell me if I'm putting words in your mouth. Uh, it. It's harder for us to think about ourselves as discontinuing the strip that's most popular. 
it's like I feel like I'm supposed to ride Evil Ink into the subset or into the sunset. <laughs> or subset. That's actually a funny. <laughs> that is actually kind of funny construction. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, but even though I know that it would probably be better if at some point Evil Ink came to an end and I launched something fresh and new and, and went that direction. Right. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, no, it's I I basically another way of looking at this is that I now have increased respect for both of you for having been able to walk away from Chainsaw Suit and Green and Greystone Inn because it it's because I had this first inkling with with Sheldon the other day, I realized how tough that would ever be to to contemplate and then actually pull the trigger on walking away from a long-standing project. Yeah. Like that's that's got to be tough. I now have new respect for that because I in in this first inkling of con- contemplating that idea I was like, "Oh, I don't know that I could could this happen? Could this be a thing? I don't know." Well, I I I especially because I hate to do the like the monetary concern first, which which stayed in my hand and and te- and technically could still where I know I've got a lot of uh uh Starslip books still and part of my terror is that when I end the strip I'll have a warehouse full of these books that people are no longer <laughs> interested in. A warehouse 13, as if you will. <laughs> My warehouse 13 of books. Imagine greater. I wish the numbers were smaller. <laughs> I'm constantly imagining less. <laughs> it's not the true, not, not, not the case. Uh, so, but I, I think that that can only stand so long. But I, and I know I've said it before, but the idea of if you find yourself at your wits end and you're like, I'm done. I'm so sick of Sheldon. How many times can I draw this swimming hole? You have to change it. Like, I I came back to get excited about Starslip again when I decided it was going to end. And when I, it was like, well, I don't care. I'll do whatever I want now. And that opened it back up for me because yeah. I had this idea in my mind what it was supposed to be. And that had bored me. It had come to bore me. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Is it? It's, there's a freeingness, I'm sure, a freeing nature towards. Well, I'm I'm willing to walk away. So what the heck? Why not try something totally different? Yeah. But that that comes around as something that I've really been struggling uh, with, and that is uh, years ago I bought the do- the domain name Geiger.com, and for the longest time I've got so many things that I could do, uh, and so many different properties. Uh, uh, sometimes I really wonder whether I shouldn't be branding myself as Geiger.com and not as Evil Inc. and Courting Disaster and Fables and Greystonian and Webcomics.com and stuff like that. Sometimes I wonder whether I shouldn't, whether I should take the hit because right now Evil Inc., you know, a lot of people have a bookmark. They know where it is. They know to show up. It's got good traffic right now. Uh, Sometimes I wonder whether I shouldn't take a six-month hit and put everything at Geiger.com and just redirect everything to there. And that becomes the place where Evil Inc. updates and Courting Disaster updates. And even, and I don't even know whether I I should say this out loud, but I realized that this year, Greystone Inn, you know how in the calendar year, the calendars sync up every so many years so that Monday the 1st is Monday the 1st? Yeah, yeah. You know know what I'm trying to describe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is that year for the year that Greystone Inn started. So I oh. could have, I could have, I what I've been thinking about is relaunching the Greystone site and putting it into basically reruns. So I could, I could re, you know, make those strips bigger, you know, because some of them kind of suffered because I had played them so small. Because back then, an eight hundred by six hundred, or maybe maybe do commentary on them. 
Yeah, or, or yeah, and just have something that updates that great, you know, a, a updates. I could update Greystone in every day. It, it would be seamless. Uh, and sometimes, I, and when, and then I could do a similar thing with Fables, and, and rerun some of that stuff. I would have a metric shit ton of content for a website, and if I put it all in one place, I almost wonder whether I'd have a nice little hub for the Brad Geiger universe. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's a good idea actually. And then you could also uh, it, it could be a place for all those things that don't fit any place else, but they're me, like right. essays on essays on fatherhood. You know, it, it's stuff that I want to write about comics that I that would go at at Evil Incorporated. You know, all this other stuff that doesn't fit any place else, or maybe only fits on one site, uh, but not the others, would go at that at Geiger.com, and then I would be branding myself as a web entertainment person uh, as opposed to some people who know about Evil Inc. and they don't know about Courting Disaster, and they're familiar with all these mini brands, but not with the big one. Right. Yeah, right. I, I think that's always a good idea. I mean, that's been my biggest problem, is if I think of something funny that is not in one particular vein, where do I write it? Where do, you know, do I even bother to put it? Do I put it at Starslip because I think it should have more, a little more traffic that day? Do I put it at, you know? Right. I, yeah. I just want it to be there. I just want it to exist. And part of me thinks it would be so much smarter to consolidate all of my traffic under one roof as opposed to spreading it out on all these different websites. I've thought about that, too, um, especially from the standpoint of ad networks. I think it's come up before. But, like, where if I had apply so all right so star slip was accepted to uh, whatever ad network i wanted let's say why why did i start chainsaw suit at uh, its own domain it could have been chainsaw suit.starslip.com as bad as that is for branding it's our now it's in network you know mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't have had to convince them to let that on there which they did not at first and hurt me right but yeah oh and I totally would. Oh, go ahead. Go. Oh, ahead. No, I was. I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, I I thought about it, and I, I'm still uncomfortable with the idea of of everything being at the same place. But if it was my name, maybe that's okay. Yeah. Well, you know well, what actually makes me change my opinion on the way that we have structured things for the last few years in that regard is that I actually really appreciate the way um, Katie structure, structures Hark of Agrant, where she picks a theme or a topic. And it's bam, 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 eight or ten on that topic. Mm -hmm. And what that tells me in a broader scope is that there is there are different ways than the way we've been presenting our comics of one on a page and then you go to a separate website and one on a page. And, you know, maybe there is something to be said for having a hub that has multiple things updating at varying schedules and, and you know, but it's all on that one page. Um, so anyway, I don't know if that's a connected thought, but it feels it feels connected somehow. I think, I think it depends on on audience. I think that I think that Kate is a, is a super special uh, case because I've thought about that where she doesn't update every day. You know, maybe she updates twice a week or once a week, but when you get, when you get the update, there's eight comics there, right? And they're all three panel and Chainsaw Suit. I go, man, I want to riff on Star Trek, but it's, I I can't do eight today. I'm gonna do you know one a day for all week, but um, I make more money from the advertising, and I don't suppose that she does. So it's not as much of a right. concern for her. Right, right, right. Yeah, it seems to me the smarter thing to do it, under the thing that we're kind of spitballing is to have uh, a site 
a, a hub site, and it's just showing that day's comic uh, or that day's update. And then if you hit like the previous button under the evil link, it takes you to an evil link branch of the main site where it's basically what you'd see at evilink.com right now. Yeah. And now you've got your and now you're going through and going through archive pages and stuff like that. You know, and and you encourage page views and so forth. But but the hub would it would be a, a hub and you would have a number of branch sites under that hub that also generate page views through uh uh individual updates. Uh but everything comes into the same p- uh, place in the beginning. I like I like this this spitballing. I ho- I hope that that it doesn't inspire people to go that's the way to do it. I'm gonna do just do that, you know, <laughs> because we're just guessing right now. Uh, but I wonder if that does that have any positive effect on burning out? If you don't feel like uh, like you would have to get into a any one particular creative zone to do creative work, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you have to get into a like. Would it decrease the the feeling that you have to get into the evil ink writing frame of mind? And maybe you actually lately don't enjoy going to that frame of mind. Right. That's well, yeah. In other words, the reason that I that that I make sure that I've got a buffer of evil ink strips is that I part of my business is making sure that I've got something updated at that site every day. Now, if my site is a hub site, then I could theoretically uh, give less it would there would be less pressure to do an evil ink if there were three really good courting disasters that week yeah if yeah. there were two courting disasters a fable uh rerun and a really interesting essay on the new number ones from dc right i tried to do that with what uh half pixel was before it was any of this but when it was just me and I think it was too early to do that. I think that, that I did not have enough of an audience to care. That, or perhaps enough enough uh, content in different veins, either. You know. How do you like, mean? Well, now I mean you have you have. I think Star Slip. You have Chainsaw Suit. You have the Chris and Scott Show. You, you have Plantations. I think there's a consistency issue there, though. That 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 maybe was the problem because it, when Half Pixel was just me, it was it was it was exactly that. It was just like my blog, and maybe one day you'd get. You'd get a comic strip. Maybe the next day you'd get a song. Maybe the next day you'd get a scary story. And it's like, if you like me, I guess that's great. But if you're just, uh, I just want the comics. And tomorrow you get a song, I don't like that. And tomorrow you get a scary story, you're like, I don't want to read that. I don't want to read a blog post about that. And so uh, I think that there wasn't as much consistency and it's confusing. Right. You know what's another interesting idea is – well, this widens it out in a totally different vein. But it would be interesting if we could ever figure out a way to get a site where there are two or three or four of us um, working at any given time. And the reason why I say that is people enjoy seeing the interaction of different art, differing artists. Like I love it when Malky and Ryan North go on a Machine of Death run or Chris and Scott do some sort of joke online that back and forth in differing formats or seeing like – Kate and Meredith uh, uh, doing the uh, the strong female characters joke, and like it's it'd be interesting if there was a shared space that could incorporate all that. And I this is me completely spitballing, but I have because I have no idea what that format would be. But well, yes and no. I think I think part of I, I, part of what I enjoy about all those things that you listed is the spontaneity. And yeah, you're right. If it's something that 
hey, guess what? We're going to be spontaneous again tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it, right. it, it takes a little something out of it. You've cut to the quick on that, Brad. <laughs> however, 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 I think about how much of it is personality driven because uh, I keep thinking about uh, how much Scott and I get away with, what are we doing? I have no idea. Let's just go ahead. All right. And then we do that for an hour and a half and people like that. Yeah, or even so, this with Webcomics Weekly. We literally just turn on the microphone and start Right. Talking. I know that a big a big draw of this show is just to hear us talk to each other and, and how much we enjoy talking to each other. Yeah. And so I think that there is something to the idea that, I mean, yeah, it's tough to say. I think the problem with a shared website would be maybe like, okay, uh, uh, Dave Kellett and uh, uh, Nedroid, you're up today. And it's like, well, maybe that's maybe that won't work out or maybe you guys don't know each other that well or what have you. Yeah. But... I think that it is very personality driven in that if you like Dave Kellett, you'll come because it, and it really doesn't matter what you're going to see because you know, you're going to get some Kellett and that is what you enjoy. That sense of humor, that sensibility. Right, right, right. It's kind of like when you're, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just, you know how, when you're with funny friends, like when I'm with you guys at a convention, I up my game humor wise. Like I'm funny. I'm actually funnier. Because my, like, I can feel like my adrenaline's, my brain's firing, my adrenaline's flowing. And you're sort of trying to. It's not a competition, but you're 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 in the ebb and flow of of of, of humor with friends. You no, know, I know and, you kind of ladder each other. You, you make a joke and then offer that yeah, one. Yeah, right? and, and there's a build, a natural build, and so like I, it, it would be interesting and, and fun to see if there was a way to harness that on a website. Well, and and the the ingredients are really important. I, I, in other words. You'd have to so carefully control your core there uh, because part of what also makes us really good is that among the four of us, uh, there is there's strong friendships all the way throughout. I mean, all of us are really, really care about one another. Uh, and that's where like today uh, we can have the three of us talking. Scott couldn't uh, show up today because he was sick. All right. And so. It's like, okay, but the three of us know that we're still going to be able to do a really good show. We're going to have a good time. We're going to miss him, but we know that he's going to be back uh, hopefully for the next episode. Uh, but the next episode, I might not be there, or or Dave might not be there. Or maybe or Chris, only, only Scott will be there. <laughs> but you know what? You'll get a great show. But, it's, but we know whatever combination it, it, – I can honestly say, and this, and this comes off as bragging, but when it comes to the four of us – you could put any combination to, of us in just about any situation, and I think it's going to be good. Not because we're some, you know, uh, godlike talents, but because we have the kind of friendship that we know each other so well, and we're so comfortable with one another at this point, that we could do anything with confidence. Yeah, that's true. Remember, Brad, I took a steam with you that day? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did take a steam together. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I actually, I actually do remember that. And I remember me not joining you in that steam room. <laughs> well, we didn't want you anyway. We had a perfectly no, good time. I know, I know where I stand on that front. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, I just remember crying in the jacuzzi. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> although Brad, to, where were to, we? I can see that. I can uh, see it was that Seattle. room. I, it was, it was, was it in Comic Seattle? Oh, oh, I don't. I don't remember what hotel it was though. We were like kids that in the was... candy store. Where it was like it was a beautiful pool, beautiful jacuzzi, and steam room. And we're like, yeah. this is amazing. It was late so and it was nice. pretty empty. Nobody it was, was there. No one there. We didn't care. Nobody there. We didn't go. Good times. 
Do your penthouse forum. <laughs> I never thought it could happen to me. Do your penthouse. I assumed this would happen to me, and it did. <laughs> I assumed given enough pent up frustration, it would eventually. I guess. So. Dear Penthouse Forum, I always wonder why this stuff doesn't happen to me more often, and here it happened to me yet again. <laughs> Still another example. <laughs> Still another example. And another thing, it's like 30 pages long. Would you love or hate to be the person that, that writes those? Because it, it, it is, on the surface, it think, seems like it would be a real fun job. But when you consider it's almost like kabuki theater in that there are only so many combinations, there are only so many. <laughs> I love that you compared it to kabuki. That's amazing. It's 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 very it's almost very formalized. Uh, that kind of writing is is what can you do? Well, it's also the, it's the utmost in frustration because if you're the average copywriter, uh, he's probably was an English major. <laughs> uh, it can go very well. He got a job working writing copy for a magazine, and now he's got to write these out. He's like, oh, my life. And he's a bit nerdy and a shy anyway. And then, anyway. So it's just not working out on a bunch of fronts. That's why I always loved uh, uh, and respected Phil Folio for doing Xenophile because uh, uh, he took that whole format and he introduced new stuff to it all the time. It was, it was really amazing. I just made Dave Kellett very, very uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I was. I'm trying to imagine because oh, okay. I'm still I'm on the Kabuki silence. thing. Of what you know? What combinations can you add to it? It's like, what did he bring in a fish? Like, I don't know what. <laughs> what's new to bring into that that, that, that Brad Geiger hasn't seen? <laughs> dear, dear Penos Forum, I was walking through the public market, and all of a sudden, I've never seen a salmon this size. <laughs> I had never been to Seattle's fish market, but had decided to drop in. Boy, that <laughs> trout! I'll never forget. I'll never forget <laughs> the romantic dinner we shared. <laughs> oh, how we talked about macroeconomic policy. <laughs> Did you say mackerel economic policy? Oh, <laughs> oh I went there, Brad. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. You you guys have beaten me all day now. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, I have to wrap it up uh, uh, with apologies, gents, uh, but this was a lovely chat. That's true. Do and we, we saw we saw virtually nothing today. Yeah, I was gonna say, do we did we even address that main topic that we wanted to go through? How do you how do you get that love back? Well, yeah, I think actually Brad was helpful, even though he didn't maybe intend it to be the main point. But that <laughs> idea that uh, no, no, I was just saying that you didn't intend it as the main point, but just that it's not so much that you lose love for old projects, just that there is a new challenge and a new problem, and there's something intriguing about that. And yeah. it also shows you that you're very confident in your old challenge. You know what I mean? It, it's not that you don't have love. It's just that you I, – I, the one, the underline I want to put there is that, is that you knew you could get Sheldon out. It wasn't that you didn't love it. You, you were just comfortable. So familiar with it, yeah. And you right. know what? The, the idea that, that actually fits in with my thing about just change it and make it into what you want. Yeah. Where, well, and, where, and I, because it's new problems that that's becomes what I've been a new problem. To do. Like, I, I actually, I like that idea that you change the strip into the one you want to write. Because I, like uh, that little butter character that I introduced, the the cat that's sort of <laughs> yeah. completely hapless. Like, hmm. it's it's a meaner, um, uh, more sarcastic kind of view of an animal that I've had in the strip before, and it's actually driving a lot of people away. But it makes me laugh. <laughs> really, I'm enjoying it, and it, uh, and for that reason, it's good. You know, it's sort of firing me up. I know you got to go, but I'd love to hear more about that. That is interesting. And also, it's interesting to consider it like a here's an animal in Sheldon that is not cute, that is not pleasant. 
we actually don't want him around. Yeah, he really is useless. And uh, and that – the cat lovers especially are coming out of the woodwork to be like, you are angry. You're an angry person that does not like cats and what – What? To me, it's just I oh, find it hilarious a, that there's this absolutely useless character that a kid loves. What a, you know? what oh, a, my God. What a it, bummer is, that is, though. The idea that the cat lovers would be like, man, I've been waiting for a cat in Sheldon for so long. Ah! This is what he gives us? <laughs> well, yeah, I, but I, because I, how long do you – do? You, how long? When, when's your drop-dead date here? Uh, when's, or when's your drop-dead time that you got to get off this Skype? Uh, well, Fred arrived. We're we're gonna be interviewed okay. for stripped in, a, in about a half an hour. But G four kind of people are coming, so we're gonna then go prepare. We will pick this up later because no, well, I can, lot- what I was gonna say is I can do maybe Fred five more minutes. Is that cool if we keep talking? All right, so Fred, Fred, give me the thumbs up. By, by the way, how, how how many more days you got left on the Kickstarter? Oh yeah, do you mind? Do you guys mind if I mention it real quick? Please, yeah, go please. for so, it. So if you guys Kickstarter, um, so uh, the, the 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 project that I've been talking about for years is is finally up on on Kickstarter. Fred and I put it up uh, 20 days ago. So if you go to kickstarter.com and just type in stripped into the search box, S-T-R-I-P-P-E-D, there's really no good way to link to it, but um, uh, we've got 10 more days, eight more days on the, on the drive, the, the fundraising drive for all the finishing funds. Because, guys, as it turns out, film is immensely expensive. And, uh, and I'm used to cartooning budgets of I go down to Utrecht Art Supplies and buy a $2 pen. And film is a little bit more expensive than that. So um, anyway, it's, it's getting a good response. So if nothing else, uh, please go check out the trailer. And, um, and the clips? The and the clips. Yeah, the interviews. Those are gonna... interesting. Yeah, uh, it gives you a broader sense, I think, of the film too. Well, and if, and if you if you uh, donate, you've, if you get involved in Kickstarter, I know this because uh, I, I happily donated. But you guys send to the to the people who have donated like little clips and stuff that they're not able to find other places. Isn't that right? Yeah, we've had some backer-only clips as well. Yeah, and the nice thing that I've been telling people that are on the fence about it is, if you're thinking about getting the movie towards the end. Um, we're going to have it at the same price, twenty bucks plus five dollars shipping. So you might as well support the film now at twenty five bucks, and that way you'll, for lack yeah. of a better phrase, get a better film. You know, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna buy this DVD anyway. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're gonna buy the DVD anyway. You're gonna want it. You might as well just do it now. Yeah, that was so exactly it, my thought process. It's like, hey, I'm going to buy this DVD anyway. I might as well just get out of the way. Now I know I got it coming to me. Yeah, and so I think, uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but I think it, it, the support now will help Fred and I hire better animators. We can do better sound mastering, better color correction. Really, we want to make this a world-class film. So, You uh, just put a call out for animators, didn't you? We did, yeah. We have an open call out for animators uh, as well. So you can check that out under the updates on the on the Kickstarter site. Um, and uh, anyway, so there's there's that. But what 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 point was I was I making before that I missed on Chris? You, oh. Before you? oh, just the introduction of the cat. Oh, the introduction of the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just that. Um, what well, an interesting thing about making the strip the uh, turning it into the strip you want it to be is that uh, you know you don't really think about it when you introduce a new character, but you are not just introducing one new character. You're introducing like five, six, seven new dynamics because you can introduce that character to every other character in the strip, and that literally can give you a half a year worth of material. Yeah, how do they all fit together now? How right, do they all deal with it? Maybe right. two of your existing characters go off and talk about the other character. Right, so there's all sorts of new permutations that just introducing Emily and Little Butter has introduced to the strip, and that's actually made me excited again. So... um but yeah, this idea that I'm like I'm getting a fair amount for Sheldon anyway, because Sheldon never gets hate mail. But I'm getting a fair amount of how dare you kind of emails about that cat. So it's interesting to see. 
That's wow. interesting. Wow, reaction. Yeah. And calm down, guys, out there. <laughs> it has to be some kind of animal. <laughs> but for a pet lover, and you know, I, I love pets as well, but it, I, a lot of people internalize it in a way like I'm talking about their Mrs. Kisses, you know, like it's it's like you, I've had Mrs. Kisses for seven years and she's the best cat and how dare, damn you, sir, for making a little butter. <laughs> but this, right. is, um, this is very, cat, you know, this is very ironic, though, because when I saw you had introduced that character, the first thing I went to is, OK, Dave has seen tremendous uh, uh, a uh, fortuitous, uh, not fortuitous. You've had really good luck with the Pugs book and the next Pugs book and the literature book. And I thought to myself when I saw that, all right, here's Dave setting himself up to get into the cat uh, uh, business. You know what I mean? I, it's like, okay, in a year I'm going to see a cat book. But I don't. Is that was that part of of how you I, idealize this cat? And if so, do you feel it's backfiring? That's interesting because I can absolutely assure you that there will never be a cat book. No one wants to wants to buy a book of just this. Cat. No one wants this cat. Actually, no. So here's the fun thing about this character, and I maybe you guys have experienced this before, is that people are not wishy-washy about it they either love the cat or they hate the cat like hate 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 the cat or love 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 the cat like very few people are like man it's all right so that is interesting to see like i'm sure you guys have had characters like that where it's uh well yeah but that makes me think that i very much will see a book with this cat in it. oh well maybe but okay so to answer your question no i think the character got started because chris what trip were we on where i started calling you we little were bird? we were flying back <laughs> we were flying back we were flying back from the Rubens. That's from the what... Rubens. And for whatever reason, Chris hurt his arm or something, and I said, oh, little butter. Oh, little, what happened, little, little butter? Little butter. Oh, little, little butter. butter. His little arm. Oh, what happened? And, and then like, little, right, little butter was this pathetic I, figure, and then somehow yeah. it turned into a pathetic cat. And Chris <laughs> had this one sketch that absolutely crystallized, because we were, we were sitting next to each other on the plane, drawn and back and forth, and Chris had this image of little butter with a mouse trap where the trap had sprung on his oversized eyeball. <laughs> And oh it just, God. it absolutely killed me. It was so hilarious. And to me, it like crystallized what this cat is. He's just absolutely hapless. And not only <laughs> hapless, but like listless. When like he's in pain, the thing is on his eyeball. And he's still going, meow. Right. It's he's just not still, doing anything meow. about it. He's not trying to get it off. He's just going, meow. Because he's absolutely lazy and fat and ugly. And He's just going with it. Yeah, he's just kind of rolling with it. Like, but I love that he's a giant, ugly cat that does nothing right. And nothing goes right for him. And uh, to me, uh, there's something very charming about that. <laughs> And so, you're allowed to have that character, damn it. Yeah, yeah. so it's fun to write for. Because to me, I've had characters that are that are dumb but <laughs> joy-filled or dumb but optimistic or dumb but – like that's always a good combination. But dumb and hapless and dumb and luckless is also really a fun combination to write for. Have you? Do you remember real quick – I think it's uh, uh, Ruben Balling uh, does uh, – what is it? Tom the Dancing It's Tom the Dancing Bug, that's right. But every once in a while he'll do super fun pack comics where he'll just do a whole page of – Oh my god, I love those. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite thing he does. But one of the ones he does is I forget his name, but it's like it's like Harvey the unlovable loser, <laughs> and he's like this lo- loser guy, and he, and it's he's it's always like ah, I missed my bus again because I was peeping in the neighbor's window watching this woman undress. It's like it's always like oh no, he's not a good guy. He's not good. It's a compounding series of terrible things. Like wait, yeah. oh, well surely I'll love him for this. Nope, nope, nope. You don't. Yeah, still don't love him. Yeah. So anyway, so that character has been really fun to write for. Um, and so that's kind of re-sparked my interest. In, in That's good. And I always felt like if you have something, like I've always lamented having things that people just like. 
nobody ever, I don't get a lot of hate mail, and I don't get a lot of, like, this is horrible, I'll never come back. I feel like when you're starting to get those two ends of the spectrum, the love and the hate, that you've hit on something. Because you're making people charged up. You're, yeah. you're making them think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, and and it might have been something that Sheldon suffered from too much in the past. Is is and uh, you you're right in that there needs to be both sides of that coin. So anyway, so that's been that's been a nice little fire in the in the oven. I don't know how do you say that fire in the fire in the it's it's bun in the, in the oven. belly. Yeah, bun fire in the oven. Fire in the belly. Fire in the belly. So that's been a nice little fire in the belly to have. Well, you go prepare for G four. Go be brilliant, and uh, we will. I uh, hopefully uh, tomorrow Scott will be better, and we might be just doing this again. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, guys. I appreciate it. And this felt good. <laughs> right. You know what? This felt, felt good. Right. This felt. I, I tried it on. It felt pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Who's gonna take us out? Uh, 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 uh hmm. Not me. <laughs> Web Comics Weekly. Uh, there it is. Uh, that's, good day. The, that's the one. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hang it up. All right, we'll talk to you later. Cool. Thanks, guys, for doing this.